Hello and welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast with me, your host, Fabio Molle. Every week I speak to the big hitters in the world of tennis, both on and off the court, about the game and how we can all get 1% better every day at what we do. As an ex-national team player, I know exactly how tough this can be. So I'm on a journey to get the very best tips and advice from the world of tennis. Last week on the Functional Tennis Podcast, I met one of the best juniors from 2022 who recently turned pro, Jakob Menzik. In our conversation, Jakob revealed all about his famous 2022 Australian Open Boys Final and how it led to training with Novak Djokovic. I also asked Jakob about how he's dealing with all the media attention he's getting now and what the jump from junior to pro was like. It was a great chat with a real future talent, so definitely give it a listen. This week on the podcast, I meet human movement and sports performance specialist Andrea Bracaglia. Andrea began his career working in the Italian Football Federation with one of the top Serie A teams, Lazio, which where my family is from is actually the local team. Andrea then transitioned into tennis where he worked with Diana Yastremska and currently he's working with the up-and-coming Emil Rusevari. In our conversation, we talked about Andrea's involvement in football and how he moved into the world of tennis. We chat about how Andrea works with his athletes and Andrea explains why player development should come before short-term success and results. I also ask Andrea who works harder, tennis or soccer players. But first, let's get to know Andrea a bit better. Andrea, uh, welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. How are you? All good, Fabio. Thank you. It's a pleasure for me uh, to be your guest. I hope to to be up uh, uh, to the other guests and uh, I'm very happy. Great. No, great to have you on. We briefly didn't have many Italian people on, but now we've had a few with Gianluigi just on previously yeah. yourself. I'm trying to think back. Actually, yes, we had uh, Vagnozzi, uh, who was Sinner's yes. coach. We had him on a long, long time ago before he was Sinner's coach. So if anybody wants to research into Yannick Sinner's coach, we have an episode there. It was an interesting episode with him. But uh, so t- t- tell me about you. I've been following your journey uh, from a few different aspects. One is obviously you're working with uh, Emil Rusevari, which is great. Two, uh, you're a big Desmotech user. I've been big into Desmotech lately, and maybe you can tell us a bit about that uh, during the chat. Uh, Desmotech is an inertial training device, which is really good. But uh, tell us exactly, how do you describe yourself? Uh, I'm, from, uh, I'm from Rome. My journey started uh, when I was 18. Uh, I started to study uh, sports sciences in uh, Rome University. So my, my career started in, in the football wor- uh, world. I started to, to work with uh, football players, first with an amateur football club and then with a professional uh, and famous football club, uh, Lazio. is uh, one of the main uh, football clubs in Italy. And during that time, uh, I, I did many, many courses, master degree, certificates. But then at one point, uh, I decided to, to switch to change my my life. In the beginning, I did. I left uh, the football club. I started to work privately with uh, private uh, clients, with a football player, tennis player, a swimmer, uh, basketball players. Uh, one day, I received a very good offer uh, for work uh, with a professional uh, tennis player, female tennis player. And so I, I started to travel with her. She's uh, Diana Yastremska. I worked with her uh, for seven months. I received uh, an offer from 
Emir Rosvori and uh, start to work with him and it's going very, very well. So nearly a year. Okay, well, interesting. I can't wait to get your insights on the soccer side of things compared to the tennis side of things. But as a kid, what sport did you play? Water polo. Okay. Yes, I played I played uh, water polo and also also football because in Italy every every children uh, every every people can can play football. For playing water polo, you have to and you must to be fit. And so I think that uh, water polo gave me culture of uh, uh, fitness, uh, physical training. You, you know, for for playing water polo, you have to be a, a great uh, athlete. Uh, because it's a very very tough uh, a tough sport. Uh, of course, for for playing at high level, you 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 need uh, a good preparation for every kind of disciplines. But water polo, trust me, it's very it's very 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 tough. I, I stopped to play uh, around uh, 18 years old uh, because I start I decided to focus uh, uh, more on uh, on the studies. Uh, and so when when I started the uh, university, I stopped to play water polo and start to to study and to uh, to work uh, with football player and. Uh, nice. And you're from cent- You're from close to central Rome. Are you a Lazio yes. supporter, or Rome supporter? <laughs> Lazio supporter. <laughs> okay, just check it because I know people from outside of Rome, further away, tend to support Lazio, isn't it? And inside Rome, they support Rome. Is that the way it works? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, it depends. Uh, in uh, some areas of uh, Rome, there are more uh, Lazio supporters. In other uh, areas of, uh, of Rome, there are more AS Roma. I think that is uh, 60% of uh, Roma supporter and uh, 40% of uh, Lazio supporter. And do you love or hate Francesco Totti? Lo- love, because he was, a, he was a really great player. One of the best uh, Italian players. So, so you've worked with the junior team at Lats, the junior teams at Lazio, and Lazio would be one of you know one of the great football teams. W- what sort of age group did you work with players there? W- what did you learn from working with top junior soccer players? I learned how to manage uh, the different uh, ages. Work with, uh, for example, under twelve is totally different than work with uh, under eighteen. I learned to to work with uh, different uh, phases of growth and and youth development. I also learned uh, how to manage uh, 22 players in the meantime and uh, how to to make uh, personal every single word. Of course, it's a, t- a team sport, but uh, every players need uh, specific uh, routine, specific uh, training uh, in the gym. I learned. Uh, to manage uh, all the different players in the same season, in the same uh, in the same day, in the same uh, uh, training session, and to create uh, an individual uh, training pro- program uh, for uh, improving the the, de- the, de- the development of uh, of the of the players of the of the team. So, how do you do that? How do you manage a team and people individually? And I'm sure give them the care and attention that makes them feel a bit special. Uh, every season, we start with uh, test. Tests uh, were important, but uh, then after two weeks uh, of work uh, in the in the field in the gym, me and the other member of the staff uh, understood uh, uh, what uh, every single player needs. For example, uh, some players needs uh, to improve uh, hip mobility or strength or ankle mobility or core stability 
Uh, and so we, we created the um, individual routine for uh, heavy players. And then, of course, th- there was the, the specific training all together with uh, all, all the, the players in the field. And working with 12-year-olds, what are the challenges working with them? The, the most important th- things is the, the development of the, uh, of the players. And sometimes uh, people put uh, a lot of focus on uh, uh, results. But at that age, the most important thing is uh, the, the growth and the improvement. You mentioned you worked with 12-year-olds. And in the tennis world, for 12-year-olds, yes. a lot of the time, the parents can be involved heavily with the coach, with the trainer. Some parents aren't. Some are. It, it depends, really. But I see soccer is a bit different, especially maybe in a top academy. Are the parents show up at training sessions or do you have any access to the parents? How did that work? In professional football club, uh, clubs, uh, parents can't uh, uh, watch the training session. They only can watch uh, the matches. They can't uh, speak with the coaches or with the fitness coaches. The most important thing is uh, that uh, parents uh, let to do the, the work to coaches and professional uh, people that works for, uh, for, for children are specialized for improve them. And the, the, the best thing is uh, let, uh, let them work free uh, with no pressure and not pu- and to don't put pressure on the, on the youth, uh, youth adults. Yeah, it's, it's a long road. And moving yes. on to the 18-year-olds and the senior players, from your time working in tennis and the soccer at sort of at the oh you know the, the late teenager early adult how i know they're two completely different sports and uh, let's say the engines of the body are a bit different but from a fitness perspective is there a fitter player or it's or it's like comparing apple and oranges it's a hard one to answer good question and it's hard to compare but i think uh, i think the that uh, tennis player now at the moment are uh, are more fit. Yes, they 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 work uh, they work more than uh, than football player. That was that was my next question. Like who who trains harder? Uh, tennis player. Yes. Like if you did I think a, so. Yes. If you did a VO max two test tomorrow, who's higher? Who uh, VO two max? I uh, think that the uh, football players. Uh, have a higher, uh, higher level, but because the sport-specific demands during the, the matches are totally different. But uh, tennis players work, uh, work uh, harder because, uh, uh, for example, with Emil, uh, we start uh, uh, warming up. The warm-up the, the warm is uh, almost uh, 50 minutes, then two hours uh, of uh, tennis in the court, then uh, some injury prevention works uh, in... Uh, in the gym, and then one one hour uh, more on on the tennis court. For the football player, uh, it's totally different. Football player, yes, I remember that we did uh, uh, one hour in the gym, quickly warm up uh, in, in the court, uh, two hour uh, of uh, specific uh, uh, football uh, training, and and that's it. Then rest for uh, for the rest of the day. It, yeah, it looks totally different. You always look at the, yes, so- totally different. the soccer sessions. I haven't seen. I was like, I could nearly do that. You know, it feels like it feels like an ordinary person could jump into a soccer mm. training session. I know I've played soccer myself. I know when you're covering the pitch, it's tough on the lungs. It's not easy. Mm. It's mm. tough. But you mentioned you worked personally with 
soccer players after you know you moved on and something that I never thought about until maybe more recently where one of our uh, previous guests, Lapo Beccarini, who is the fitness trainer of Holger Rune, he had told me that he was working personally with soccer players. And I always thought soccer players, they work with their team and that's it. But the better players all have a personal trainer as well. Yes. Is that something you see that all the better players work with like a trainer like yourself separately and they they stay on top of things and try and always get better like that. Yes, I think that is a very important. So many clubs give to uh, gives to the football players the chance to uh, work with fitness coach of the of the club. So they they can uh, uh, schedule a gym session with uh, with the fitness coach. For, for example, after the uh, football training in the court or before. But many foot, many football clubs don't give uh, this possibility this chance to 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 the player and so the players uh, ha- have to find uh, a private uh, fitness coach and i think that at the moment uh, in the in these uh, last years uh, the many football players start to work privately at home with uh, a private coach a private fitness coach it's normal because uh, it's impossible to to work uh, all together and uh, every everybody needs uh, uh, specific things for uh, improve uh, themselves and it's impossible to do in the in the court with uh, 22 other players no I, I can see why some players and, and, and also there is no time because for example in Lazio uh, we, we, we didn't have the time because we, we just have uh, uh, two hours in two hours we, we ha- had to do uh, warm up technique specific situation uh, with, with, the, with the coaches 30 minutes of uh, fitness, 40 minutes sometimes, sometimes one hour, but not more than one hour. And so it's impossible to put the focus uh, on individual. You have to create uh, a circuit uh, routine, uh, but, but you, you can put the focus on, on the individual. Because uh, I remember that I was alone and sometimes uh, we were two, uh, me and uh, a trainee, a guy that uh, was doing uh, internship. That's tough. Uh, so, so yeah, so so j- just two people with a whole team uh, is uh, is tough. Yeah, I can see also then why the players who want to be better they will go get their own trainer and it's gonna yeah. it will improve their uh, their performances. Which when it comes to contract time, they're better players. They earn more money. It's a win win, and you're taking care of your mo- your body as well, which means yeah, you're just in a better position. <laughs> This is a really interesting bit of insight from Andrea. No matter the sport, every player is different. Every player's body is different. Every player's psychology is different. I think younger players in football or tennis can really learn a lot from this. Group work is great, but as we have said before on the show, players need to be autonomous and take control of their own training if they want to improve every day. At the end of the day, it's down to the player, not the coaches. This podcast is brought to you by ASICS Tennis. ASICS is a Japanese company founded in 1949 with the purpose of giving more people the opportunity to experience how sport and movement can have a positive impact on mental well-being. That purpose is also in their name. ASICS is an acronym which means Anime Sano Incorporate Sano, a Latin phrase meaning sound mind, sound body. Today, the brand is still dedicated to that founding belief of demonstrating the positive effects sport and movement can have on our mental well-being all over the world they just launched their most innovative tennis range ever which includes the new court ff3 novak the shoe designed from the ground up with the help of novak Djokovic. get your pair now at asics.com 
This is just a quick reminder you're listening to Functional Tennis, the podcast that helps you get 1% better every day. With me, Fabio Molle. Coming up on this episode, I ask Andrea what his biggest challenge in his career has been so far. Andrea details what he's been doing with Emil Rusevari to prevent injury, and we discuss some of the unusual training devices Andrea employs in his work. But first, I want to ask Andrea about his transition into tennis. Take a listen. Moving into tennis, how has the transition into the tennis world been? Honestly, it, it was easy because uh, one of the, of the things that I really love is uh, that uh, I can work uh, personally, you know, with, with, the, with the tennis player. It's uh, one-to-one and uh, I can have uh, straight and direct uh, feedback. I can, I can see and, and, and I can monitor the improvement day by day. And of course... Uh, in the beginning, uh, maybe the, the the only thing was to uh, uh, arrange uh, some uh, um, some drills uh, to tennis. So create uh, specific drills uh, for uh, for tennis. But uh, honestly, it wasn't uh, hard and it wasn't tough because uh, fitness coach has uh, the principles of uh, physiology, uh, biomechanics, uh, training methodolo- methodology, and anatomy can. Uh, uh, switch uh, sports with no with not many difficulties. Of course, in the beginning, it's just uh, it's just to find uh, uh, different solution, different ski, uh, different drills, uh, different exercises. I think that is more to uh, use the, the imagination for for create specific drills. But uh, if you have uh, uh, the principles uh, and the uh, and the foundation, the base of the training methodology, uh, methodology and uh, um, biomechanics uh, is uh, is easy to switch. Uh, and then, of course, you you have to you have to study the uh, the sport. So uh, study the uh, the movement, the specific movements, uh, how, uh, the average of the metabolic systems that are involved during the during the matches. Looking back at your time in tennis, so from when you started working in tennis till today, what so far has been the biggest challenge for you personally? I think that uh, a big challenge is uh, is fix the specific uh, uh, tennis issues. I mean, uh, issues at the shoulder, at the elbow, at the wrist, at the hip. Because with with football player was was uh, easier because uh, football players don't use. Uh, the upper body yes of course when when they play they use the upper body but uh, they don't have a racket and they they don't hit uh, anything with uh, with uh, upper bodies and so with tennis player yes one thing that uh, i found uh, uh, challenging was uh, for example uh, with the italian federation that uh, one girl uh, had uh, an issues on the hip another girl uh, on the ankle another one uh, on the uh, elbow another one on the shoulder uh, and so th- i had to fix uh, uh, all of them uh, in 3 weeks so had to fix sorry because uh, of course i work i work uh, with uh, a big team uh, with officials uh, uh, and and so so i, I had to uh, or, um, set up my uh, my work for uh, every uh, every girls for improve for fix uh, uh, their their specific issues. But speaking of soccer players, what is the most popular soccer injury? Maybe ACL uh, injury. Maybe yes, A- ACL injury and uh, 
and the hamstring, hamstring injuries, yes. Okay, the hamstring snipers got me many times. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's always it's my weakness. E- email, you've been, you've been working with email now nearly a year, and I think email before, from what I know, had a bit of a fragile body in the past. Mm. Yes. What 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 have you done to make his body more able to handle the demands of the men's game? I uh, started to work last year with uh, Emil Uzwoy and uh, yes, we, we started to do more uh, injury prevention routines and we we worked and we still work to improve strength because uh, improving the strength is uh, very good for uh, injury preventions. And then we start to work uh, during uh, the tournament. In some tournaments, we decide to to take the risk to... Uh, do a little a little recall uh, of strength or uh, of uh, agility and so it is that uh, uh, he's uh, improving a lot physically last year he did a great season i start to uh, with him uh, on on april uh, but he played uh, uh, almost every tournament he played uh, around 70 matches last year last season and uh, so the the body was uh, was fine. I think that is improving a lot. Of course, it's, of course, it's thanks to all the all the teams. I'm working with uh, a, a great uh, a great team, uh, physio, technical coach. Um, We've had uh, Federico, his coach, yeah. on the podcast before, maybe about a year and a half ago. Great chat with him. Great guy, uh, Federico Ricci. But. Uh, also tell me, the Desmotech inertial training device, I see you guys are traveling on the road with that. Mm-hmm. What advan- What are the advantages of using the Desmotech uh, V-Mini? V- is that the one you use? Yes, yes. Uh, I think that is a great device. The advantage is that thanks to, thanks to it, uh, we, we, can, uh, we can do plyometric and explosive uh, movements. Uh, but... The good thing is that, that with, with that you can do a specific movements, rotation uh, or uh, imitation of forehand and backhand of of, of cell, and we also can do many injury preventions. Uh, and the good thing is that is uh, very very light, almost uh, le- less than four kilograms, and so we, we can travel everywhere with uh, with that. And the good thing is that sometimes uh, in some tournaments. Uh, uh, the gym are not so uh, so big, so sometimes uh, are very crowded, and uh, it's good to have uh, tools that is possible to use in the hotel room, hotel room or hotel uh, or, or outside, because you you can you can fix it uh, on a tree or uh, or, or um, on the net of the of the tennis court. And are you seeing a few more players use them now as well? They're starting to pop up a bit more. Yes, I saw some players uh, that that they are starting to to use. Yes, yes. But also on Instagram, uh, I saw many many players that uh, are using it. Yeah, no, no. There's definitely I've seen a few more pop up with it. But um, yes. that's and and how do you manage, uh, let's say, discipline? Where you know you got to make sure Emil puts in the work day in day out. He's got to be in right. Is this something that you have to manage or? Does he just is he just switched on? He knows he has to do that. Now, Emil, Emil, Emil is a, a fantastic athlete, great athlete. I don't need to to remind him uh, the, the things that uh, he has to do. He's uh, he's very straight. 
Uh, of course, sometimes uh, when I'm when I'm not with him, uh, I, I send I send him uh, uh, some new exercises, some programs. Uh, uh, but he he already know knows uh, what what he has to do uh, before the match, before the the training. Uh, he knows uh, which routines are better. Uh, so he he's an unbelievable adult. Great, that's good to hear. Yeah. And my final question for you, Andrea, is. Uh, we're like we're all about getting one percent better every day here at Functional Tennis. What's your advice for people to get one percent better every day? Never stop learning, and I mean, uh, uh, never stop learning from the other professionals because I, I think that uh, we have the the luck to work in a very uh, high level uh, world, and uh, everyone can uh, give us uh, uh, something new. For example, I learned a lot from Federico. Federico is, has a, a huge experience, and also from other other people that I met in in this journey. And of course, never stop to improving and updating ourselves, because our job is based on science. Uh, is uh, an art, but it's based uh, on science. Uh, so, uh, so we have to updating uh, ourselves uh, every day. So, for example, I try to read uh, at least a couple uh, scientific research uh, per week, and I, I try to, to to do a course uh, every three months, uh, online courses. Uh, yes, I think that is. Uh, this is my, my my advice. These things and uh, w- working hard. That's good. Oh, always learn, always willing to learn. No, thank you very much. Uh, great having you on. And yeah, I can't wait to, I don't meet up with you at some tournament or somewhere at some stage. I'll be hitting a few. So uh, keep up the great work with the email and I hope to see some great results there. Thanks. Thank you. That's the end of the show for today. Big thanks to Andrea for coming on the show. It was a really fascinating chat and I'm rooting for Lazio to finish above Roma this year. Let me know if you're a Roma fan. Thank you for listening as well. Next week on the podcast, I speak to ATP top 40 player Talon Griekspor. Talon was not one of the world's best juniors in the world, not even in his country, but he believed in hard work and was heavily motivated by his two older brothers who played professionally. He's had a consistent linear rise in the world rankings. In 2021, Talon won six challenger finals in a row, and in 2022, he won two, making eight finals and eight wins in a row, which is pretty impressive. At the start of 2022, he won his first ATP Tour title in Poon, and he's now ranked 36 in the world time recording and he is a threat to any top 10 player he tells us about his path to where he is today as well as what it's like to play Alcaraz and Sinner and also his encounters playing with his brothers really interesting great episode he's so nice you're going to enjoy it I'll see you there next week bye just a few quick notes before we go make sure to follow the show so you get automatically notified about new episodes wherever you listen to podcasts if you would like to learn more about me or the work we do at functional tennis visit our website at functionaltennis.com you can also follow the show on instagram at the functional tennis podcast and with me on twitter fab mall this podcast is produced by one fine play james bishop is the executive producer connor foley is the series producer and editor i've been your host Fabio Molle. Thanks for listening to the Functional Tennis Podcast.